Okay, so... Why don't we describe where we are? I can see the Fort Greene Monument. I can see Brooklyn Tech. I can see... You know, I always forget the name of that building with the clock at the top. uh, One Handsome Place. One Handsome Place, we can see. Uh, You can kind of see some of the really tall buildings over in Park Slope. We can see the, uh, the direct TV dishes of all our neighbors. And the chimneys, too. And honestly, this roof doesn't feel, like, completely... Um, it's flexible. It's a, maybe a little more flexible than I would hope. But it's nice. It slants nicely. It's comfortable. So we're actually coming to you not from 87 Lafayette today. We're at 85 Lafayette. On the roof. Without their permission. I, if you're listening, neighbors in 85 Lafayette, Coronapod, by the way, it's on Spotify. I hope this is okay and that we're not, uh, that we're not bothering you. And if it's not, come on the pod and talk about it. Let's roll the intro. From 87, Lafayette. 85. 85. It's Coronapod. I'm Matt. And I'm Adam. Okay, Adam, I think, well, first of all, we should quickly acknowledge this is our 50th episode and the last episode in season one. We're moving to season two. I can't believe the network renewed us. Oh, Oh my my God. We got such a big payday. Amazing. I mean, that's why we're on the roof right now, right? Another big season coming at you starting on Monday, and mm-hmm. it's today was just so beautiful, and we are so lucky to have a deck. We thought, well, what's everyone else doing, right? What are the people who don't have open streets from de Blasio? What are they doing? Maybe they're out on the roof just like us. And so we wanted to share this with you, our loyal, loyal listeners. But yes, 50 episodes, very exciting. We're really excited for season two. We've got a lot of great stuff in store, but to cap off our first season, we wanted to try something a little different. So, Matt, I auditioned for every improv club at Harvard and made it to the final round of all of them and then got cut. Did you have any (laughs) improv hopes and dreams? I had no improv hopes and dreams, but I did try out for theater uh, in high school and didn't even make it past the first round. Wonder why. But not everyone is as much of a failure as we are. And I talk to my therapist a lot about things that I say that I'm a failure at and things that I'm angry about. And they've said, you know what you should do? You should really role play some of the, the, the people who you're angry at. You should be able to role play talking to them. Mm. What would you say to them if Such you could? Such a good idea. And how does that make you feel? Mm. You know, I'm trying to think who you're, you're, you're such a friendly guy. You seem to have no stress. I wonder who could you possibly be angry at? Uh, maybe, you know, there are some things not quite right though. Like the streets the aren't city, open. We don't have the proper governance we need. Yeah, I think uh, those know, would be in, helpful things to talk who's about. Who's in charge of that? I'm racking my... I can't... Uh, 
Charlene's <gasps> husband. That guy, oh, he's really tall. Uh, he's not even from New York. He hates Dinkins. being here. Corey Bill, Johnson. Bill, starts with a B. Bill, Bill, Bill de Blasio. Bill de Blasio. Bill de Blasio. That's, Blasio. It. That's well, it. Listeners, we're very lucky in that we have received word that we are going to speak to one of Bill de Blasio's press secretaries. Now, if the voice sounds familiar, it's because we've had one of someone who sounds like him on the show before, but we are very excited to share with you our interview with one of Bill de Blasio's uh, press secretaries. And And so here's the interview. Uh, And just in case anyone was wondering, this is a fictional scenario. It's 100% real. They called us up. (laughs) They said, you're the biggest podcast in Brooklyn. So, Okay, so Adam, I can't believe it. It turns out Bill de Blasio has actually been listening to our show this whole time, and his team reached out, and we couldn't get the big man himself on the show, but they do want to address our many criticisms of him. And we're actually really excited. Bill de Blasio's press secretary is joining us now. Is joining us. Look, everyone has their kinks. Maybe for Bill de Blasio's team, it's being a complete masochist, but welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you. Welcome. Yeah, yeah, Matt, thank thank you so much for, you know, for for having me on here. You know, I've got to say that uh, you know, uh, Bill and I were, we're both actually big fans of fans of the podcast. I actually showed him your your episode teacher and uh, you know featuring that that teacher who's uh, you know teaching in New York somewhere. Um, and I gotta say, I gotta say, we're a big fan. You know, he, he and I just kind of wish we were you know painting a, a, a perhaps a more accurate spin on his involvement in the, you know, in the coronavirus crisis and and uh, you know in the, in the greater New York area. So we. We have a lot of questions for Bill de Blasio, and I think the first one that we'd love kind of your opinion on is, why do you think he takes so much time to make decisions about things that other cities seem to do so much faster? Where do you think his idea of like New York City being so exceptional that we have to do things differently comes from? What kind of, what, what facts is he looking at there? Well, you know, I, I, you know, I feel that as being New York, being the capital of the world, we, uh, you know, we set an example for everyone else, right? And so if we're not doing it the right way, uh, you know, he's going to do it. So, uh, you know, that's why you got to, you know, dot our, dot our T's and cross our I's, if you know what I mean. So, so, but, but I mean... I look at Oakland, right? And Oakland seems to be much more progressive on the open streets thing. You know, they've been doing it for a month, and New York City only started today. That doesn't really seem like setting, like, an example. Look, look, look Adam, you know, I appreciate the show. I think it's, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful project. But, uh, but, you know, right now you're comparing Oakland to New York City. There's some very big differences between these two locations. One of them being uh, that, that New York City is significantly larger than Oakland. Oakland is also in California, which has a significant amount more sunlight, which I think also makes a big difference here. But you do the clear streets when you can see them, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I think on the show we've talked about how some of those concerns are probably not relevant, but 
if you're gonna stick to your boss's guns, like that's that's admirable and understandable. So switching gears a little, just walk me through kind of why Bill de Blasio has frequently driven from Manhattan to Brooklyn to go for walks in Prospect Park, even when he lives in a tax-funded uh, mansion already in a park on the east side of Manhattan. What, what, why does he think it's so important for him to do this non-essential trip to go back to the neighborhood where he used to live before mayor when he's telling everyone else to stay inside? Yeah, yeah, I can, you know, from Adam, from your perspective, I'm sure that seems, uh, that seems kind of, uh, you know, nonsensical at worst, or perhaps hypocritic at best. I can understand that you, you may feel that way, but, but, you know, put yourself inside the mind of your man, okay? Imagine how he's looking at this. To understand the decision that's best for everyone, don't you have to see every part of the city? You know, one park in, in Manhattan is going to be very different from another park in Brooklyn. And if, I, if he's going to make a good decision for, for you and for me and for, for all the uh, all the people who live in this, you know, in this wonderful city, he's got to have his eyes and ears everywhere. Well, I, I, I mean, I understand that, but how come Bill de Blasio never rides the subway? He makes a lot of decisions and says... I was saying that, you know, if, if it's important for him to see things before he makes decisions, why won't he ride the subway before he talks about shutting the subway down? Uh, oh no, I think we lost the press secretary. I'm going to call them back. Hey, sorry we lost you for a moment. That uh, poor signal. All right, Adam, you were saying. I, I was saying, like, you, I, I understand the point that it's important for him to get a perspective of the entire city, but why won't he bring that to the subway? Why does he refuse to ride the subway but still make huge decisions impacting all the New Yorkers who ride the subway when he himself won't ride it? Well... So, so let me clarify this question a little bit. Which subway are you talking about? The, the new... I'm sure, Adam, but there are some subways that you don't ride. That's a good point. I don't ride all the trains, and I haven't ridden any because I've been expressly told not to because of coronavirus. Exactly. But I... Yeah, that, that's a good point. Um, but he could ride at least a subway... Now, is your, is your criticism, Adam, of, of, of uh, Mr. de Blasio's not writing the, uh, the subway before the outbreak or, or during the outbreak? Both. These are two very different situations here. I guess, yes, that's, that's a good point. Do you, do you feel like Bill de Blasio is doing enough? Do you think that he is... Leading, or do you think that Andrew Cuomo is calling the shots and he's just trying to keep up? You know, I'm sure you are a big baseball fan. I'm a big baseball fan. This is New York. We're all big baseball fans here. And let me make an analogy for you, all right? On a baseball team, you have your manager, you have your starting players, you have people who sit in the dugout for eight innings and then maybe come up to bat when your team is Okay, everyone plays his He's playing his part, and uh, and Andrew Cuomo's playing his part. But no 
matter what, if everyone does their job, the team is going to win most of the time. And I, you know, I think that it's important to keep that kind of perspective here. Everyone's doing their part such that our team can win most of the time. Got it. Well, thank you for joining us. I, I think I'd say that we may not be winning right now, but you would obviously differ. Um, we hope to... Wait, before we go, actually, one last question that I wanted to ask. We chatted on the program a couple weeks ago about a certain fireworks display that Mayor de Blasio is very focused on having on July 4th. This is the Macy's July 4th fireworks for our listeners. And Bill de Blasio, apropos of basically nothing, in a press conference said, come hell or high water, we are going to have fireworks for our essential workers. And on the podcast, we said, like, what an idiot. Like, no, no offense, sir. But we said, like, why is this what he's focused on? So, from your personal opinion, I'm wondering, do you feel like that was a good use of the mayor's time to focus on fireworks when there are people dying in New York City hospitals? Do you want my answer as the press secretary or as a private citizen, boy? Uh, let's go as private citizen. Uh, to be honest, I was afraid of fireworks pre-pandemic, and they still scare me, so no matter what, I think we should, uh, you know, do whatever we have to do not to have that happen. And as the press secretary? Uh, the press secretary... Yeah, they... Still terrified. The only thing that terrifies me more than fireworks is the... I mean, uh, is, uh, inflation. Uh, so... Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> yeah. All right. I think we were just wrapping up, and I was going to say thank you for joining us, and uh, we hope to have you back on the show sometime soon so we can talk about how some of the policies are evolving. And tell your boss well, you know, to give us a call. It's, it's an absolute pleasure to be on a Pulitzer winning podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. Talk to you soon. Wow, what an amazing interview. I'm not sure if that helped, but uh, I'm really excited to talk to my therapist about it uh, starting next week over Zoom. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to unpack there. And, you know, I think we really saw at the end that even people working for this mayor understand that he is just not up to the task. Absolutely. And I will say, shout out to your high school debate skills. What's the fancy word you use for it? I, uh... The Philomathian Society. Exactly, yeah. I definitely, when I was up there hanging lights, I was not learning how to ask questions just like you. <laughs> but look, he's from Boston, and uh, he's wicked, and he ain't little, but he sure as hell is a fucking critter. See you tomorrow for season two. Save the day. Coronapod is brought to you by Momo the Cat. Follow her at Momo underscore is underscore a underscore cat. And until we see you for season two, stay healthy.